Moral stepped aside, allowing Adrotagia, head of Teravangian scholars, to approach. Bearing a thick, leather-bound volume, she set it onto the table before Teravangian, then bowed. Teravangian rested his fingers upon the leather-bound cover, feeling a moment of... reverence? Was that right? Did he revere anything anymore? God was dead after all, and Voronism therefore a sham. This book, though, was holy. He opened it to one of the pages marked with a reed. Inside were scribbles. Frenetic, bombastic, majestic scribbles that had been painstakingly copied from the walls of his former bedroom. Sketches laid atop one another, lists of numbers that seemed to make no sense, lines upon lines upon lines of scripts, written in a cramped hand. Madness. And genius. Here and there, Teravangi could find hints that his writing was his own. The way he wiggled a line, the way he wrote along the edge of a wall, much like how he could write along the side of a page when he was running out of room. He didn't remember any of this. It was the product of 20 hours of lucid insanity, the most brilliant he had ever been. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book two, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for Interludes I-14. This is it, everyone. This is the last episode before we hit the Sanderlanch. So please make sure that you are all caught up or that you're not picking the wrong episode. You don't want to miss any of the stuff we talked about before. Or I guess if you want to skip ahead, go right ahead. But I hope to, uh, to God that you listen to all the episodes. And I hope that you enjoy them. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and sometimes he's smart, sometimes he's dumb. He'll always be my number one. It's Jack! What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm so happy we get to record mm-hmm. today. Um, Me this too. This chapter is a fucking doozy, bro. This is a doozer. This <laughs> is a, a bit of a... It's a it's a, it's a Fraggle Rock doozer. It's a yeah. little construction guys. It's, it's yeah. A, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Teravanchian and his little doozers. Um, actually, he does have a few doozers in yeah. this chapter. So we get to see a little more about what's behind the machinations mm-hmm. of Teravanchian, but not just the man, but the lackeys that he has yeah. surrounding him. It's been almost a um, whole book since we've even had Teravanchian back in our lives. Right. The last time we had him was around this time in the last book when it was revealed that he was when taking was the revealed. death rattles. Yeah. Right. Which completely, again, changes your perspective on reading those things. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're getting them most of the way through way of Kings yeah, and you have no idea how, just how macabre this, this whole process is. Mm -hmm. And he's using the argument here. He brings it up. Well, we, well, we can get to it. Um, what are you, what are you using the argument? Can you give me some initial thoughts on this? Like, what are you, what are you thinking? 
Like, what is? What do you think <laughs> well, about this I mean, fucking guy? My in- well, I, I think that he has made a stance against um, religion. He has declared and agreed with that God is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he or that the Vedan God is yeah. dead. That's the Almighty. So he, yeah, he 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 understands that. He's come to accept that, understand that. Um, however, these ramblings, these visions, which are not too dissimilar, other than I guess the frenetic writings and whatever, to what uh, Dalinar Colon. Mm-hmm. goes through but he receives these visions he received um, one day of visions one day one day of crazy intelligence as he right. puts it this, Ins- like elevated insanely intelligent right and 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 he's able to construct from this madness mm-hmm. this diagram right which I, re- I really like it when a word can become something other than what it appears to be like so, it's got a capital d instead of a regular d you know what i mean yeah and, yeah and just to take a word like diagram and make it something other than it's what ominous. we're used to yeah yeah it becomes something other yeah um so that's really i really do like the concept of the diagram but the concept of the diagram in my opinion i mean unless i'm getting the point of this chapter incorrectly um, is, you know, he's, he's basically had this, this uh, unique experience with this high intelligence, this madness, uh, c- you know, coming to him and he's taking it as his own religion. Yeah. He, he thinks like, he's predicted the future. Right. By like through, and through then, and intelligence then he makes and math and like probabilities right. and like, he thinks he's figured mm. out the future. Right. Yeah, he's, I I think, you know, he thinks he's like Nostradamus or, you know, some kind of, uh, I won't say a prophet, but yeah, kind of, but a, but a, but a prognosticator, like, like some kind of, um, savant combined with, um, the Joker, (laughs) the Joker. (laughs) That's what I think about when you think about this room, his bedroom being full of writing everywhere. Well, I think of the yeah, Joker with instead of just uh, uh, ha ha ha's everywhere, it's actual intelligent stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think I think it it fits. It, it sort of seems to fit more with the mo of the current Riddler. In that's the, true. Um, in yeah, the, the Riddler's recent, room uh, actually Batman is a Teravangian room for sure. Is a Teravangian room, but like, but you know, take your pick from um, you know pop culture movies like conspiracy theory movies, where where there's the character that's kept every piece of paper mm-hmm. you know and and trying to make associations from this little clue and that little clue you know what it really is this madness is it's the curly the mental curlicues of me reading this series is really what this it is, is you the in madness. a room i figured it out locked up yeah I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is it so maybe i maybe that's it and i'm the madman and uh, i should be locked away especially when i'm in this uh, weird um, state yeah these highs and lows of intelligence Okay, so Teravangian, in Carbranth, sorry, King of Carbranth, yeah. not in Carbranth, King of Carbranth, stiff muscles, ache his back. First, first paragraph, he didn't feel stupid. So when I first read that, I thought, okay, and I, I didn't really know what it was meaning. Mm-hmm. So, so my first wild theory is that I connected, I connected it directly to uh, feeling like one of the ten fools. Mm. We've been talking a lot about that lately, actually. It's been, it's coming up talking about the, Yeah. It's come up. And so I'm like, okay, so he doesn't feel like one of those, like, 
we, we've just had, I think, uh, so uh, Pi, I think her name was. Yeah. She was comparing the Queen. Queen Aesodon. Um, so Al- Alucard, right, um, uh, to being, uh, having, you know, exhibited characteristics of, of, the, the, of fools. the fools. Yeah. Um, Kaladin has expressed yeah. uh, himself, comparing mm-hmm. himself, seeing himself as one of the fools. Yeah. Um, so then I'm, I'm, when I'm reading this, he didn't feel stupid. I'm like, okay, so Teravangian might not be one of those characters that we're experiencing here who, who, who's not connecting right with with the fools you but could also i don't really know if that was a stretch for me to draw no, I, I think, I think, I think it was. it's normal because especially because of the language in which sanderson writes he'll leave a crumb another crumb another crumb and so this could be just yeah. another line of of stuff talking about the fools it also could be just you know we know that the man is very old so sometimes you wake up right. and you're like oh i you know i feel like i have my faculties feel, today kind of thing I'm, yeah my, i'm not yeah. stupid or whatever but well, it's because it quickly, deeper than that. It, it is deeper than that. And I think it also speaks to, you know, things that, that plague us as we age, you know, dementia. Right. Um, you know, confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but these aches that he's feeling, this isn't, you know, it's, it's interesting that the aches showed up at a certain time in his life. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. This, um, these perpetual aches, um, his joints cracked like logs on the fire. Again, mm-hmm. one of my favorite little descriptions yeah, in, this, great. in this chapter. To age, he comments here at the end of paragraph two, to age truly was to suffer the ultimate treason, that of one's body against oneself. Yeah, it's really cool. That's a really neat, I wonder if that will come up as a thing, as, as, a, the, as a as potential body, theme. Like as a body well, betraying just, oneself? The ultimate treason is your own body against oneself. Hmm. Now, I think he's talking about degradation. Um, he might be talking about entropy, just how things fall apart. Yeah. You know, um, maybe that's what he's commenting here about, but maybe he could be commenting on, or there could be something, something deeper. So he sits up in a cot. So this kind of places him. Oh, okay. A cot. Well, you, I guess you're not in, at home. The air smells of salt. The ship has arrived. Where have they arrived? They've arrived at, uh, v- is it Vedinar? Or yeah, it's Vedinar, which is the capital of Yakaved. Of Yakaved, right. Yeah. Which is actually not very of... too far from the House uh, Davar uh, estates. Right. Mm-hmm. Servant approaches, warm, wet cloth, wiping his eyes. Behind them waited the king's testers. And then we, get, we meet this character, Mabin, who knocks on the door, bearing the morning meal on a tray stewed in spiced grain mush mm-hmm. mm, sounds good right especially when when that when sanderson mr sanderson tells us it tastes like uh, dishwater yeah it's uh <laughs> it's, oh jeez oh, is, is that what it tastes like can i have some it, it must taste amazing <laughs> like i would actually rather i would rather uh, um actually you know what i, I think tr- i would rather rocks perpetual stew his yeah. forever oh, yeah. stew then i know that yeah. i kind of slammed that a lot there the, the, the last time we talked about it oh i totally want it uh, want but now stew. that i like know it's a thing in like culture and stuff like i want to try yeah. it now i don't know still still nervous about it but but i'd be willing in spice grain mush i it sounded good and then it went to dish water and i was like oh, okay that's oh. not doesn't sound so does good. not sound appealing so this character maybe we get then we get another character Mral. mm-hmm a Thalen man in black leather cuirass. There's some descriptive things um, here I, I really want to stop and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Stopped her with a hand, stops the Maben and says, tests first. Yeah. That's coming from Moral. Yeah. 
Teravangian looks up. Moral could loom. This is one of my favorite descriptions. Moral could loom over a mountain and intimidate the wind. <laughs> so awesome. I just, I had to go there with Game of Thrones. I was thinking the mountain. I was this thinking the, the hounds. You know, I was just thinking of characters like that. Like, oh, that he could intimidate just, the mountain that rides. Right. Yeah, I like that. Right. So I like that. So I was like, and, and just, it's sort of, you know, I don't know. It's sort of um, described a certain physical size to the character. I Maybe I read that wrong, but that's certainly what I was uh, was inferring from that. Yeah, I like that. Um, it's like um, it's like Sanderson doing a little winky face to all the Game of Thrones maybe. fans. Oh, you think but you like the mountain? To, Morale could intimidate a mountain. Morale is like, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. It, I like that. It, a I lot. mean, I don't, I don't know, but but that's what I picked up on. Yeah. Um, everyone assumed he was Teravangian's head bodyguard. Love this line so much. The truth was more disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love those lines that give me goosebumps whenever I get these in these books. Moral was the one who got to decide whether Teravangian would spend the day as a king or as a prisoner. Whoa. What's That's a that really mean? cryptic line. Yeah. I know, right? Because you don't know when what it means. Reading it, you don't know what it means no. right now. Yeah. Well, no. And, and he's talking about um, his um, aches and pains. Um, he's talking about feeling uh, that I, I don't feel stupid. Which is, you know, a, a, a strange thing to say. There's not, there's not enough to piece it together. So I was like, oh, no, okay. Yeah. But I really like that line. Surely you can let him eat first, says Mabin. This is an important day, Morale says. I would know the result of the testing. But uh, it is his right to demand this, Mabin, says Teravangian. Let, let us be on with it. Mm -hmm. So then there's this description of the testers, these three storm wardens that come in present a series of pages with right. figures and glyphs and this I, I i i like what we learn here which is that they contain challenging mathematical problems that were devised by teravangian himself mm -hmm. on one of his better days so he's a math guy right so as much as i might connect with him i don't connect with yeah him you're like I can't, do, I can't do math <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I can pretend. I can nod. And I, I might be able to nod convincingly. That yes, I understand what you mean. At sir. first, you think, oh, maybe this is kind of like a thing where you know when you uh, um, aged people who are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia have to do these tests, right? Like draw a circle and do a clock and like see where your yeah. how where your head's at. Like, are you capable of you know? Do you have your faculties today? But this is on like this... a deeper level than that, right? With his intelligence versus his stupidity, right? And especially as uh, that it it um determines his ability to govern right. and to affect right which which might be my highlight of this chapter actually is that idea that concept that that they are testing this man mm -hmm. based on whether on on his aptitudes like what he's able to do that that right. given day or that given week it's or that given the month because the smart version of himself doesn't right. want the stupid version of himself it to be in charge flows. yeah right right so i really I think it might be my highlight of this chapter it's is just really cool. that concept of the testers. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I think this is so cool. Um, but I, I just want to note again, again, the mathematical things. He's a math guy. Just want to keep that in my, in my, <laughs> he's a math guy. In my I head. am not a math guy. Uh, I, I just, I just wanted to be part of the Teravangian that I, that I, uh, take in, you know, like he's not a, 
you know, he's not just the guy doing the death rattles. He's he's a he's a. <laughs> yeah. I know, he's, how how he's, much he's more how much more horrible can this guy get? Right, like death rattles. He's bleeding people <laughs> out to get these predictions, and he likes math. Motherfucker, he does. Well, I, I can picture him with a with a um, a Carbranthian uh, a calculator watch, which I'm actually very part and part partial to. I actually like calculator like with all the watches on it and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I adored them when I was a kid. I always wanted one. I didn't get one. Years later, I picked one up and I would wear it here and there, but I'd get too many strange like. What are you wearing? That He's got an for? abacus watch. <laughs> Though that I would really like. And that, that, would, that would be an yeah. awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on, and then he sort of comments on these days, that days where his mind was as thick as tar and he felt like a prisoner. Mm-hmm. When it said that language, I immediately thought of Eshenai. Right. There's always these lines between the characters of shared mm-hmm. experiences, mm-hmm. ways for us to walk in these shoes, but also put these slippers that on. That as different as everyone is, they're not that mm-hmm. different. Right. Which is great because that's, we should carry that into our, our normal lives that we're not that different from each other. Yeah. So I thought of Esh and I about that with being the prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my next notes, skip ahead a bit. He turned over the problems of the storm wardens and they turned them to morale. Morale has a look at them and says, no, I think they, they, they declare he's fit to serve. Mm-hmm. He may not offer binding commentary on the diagram, but he may interact outside of supervision. He may change government policies so long as there is a three-day delay before the changes take effect, and he may also freely pass judgment in trials. Dude, again, I thought this concept was so cool. It is really cool. Now, I don't know if that's a Carbranthian um component or if that's something that they've designed just for him simply from yeah yeah for his rule based on these i guess intelligent highly academic occurrences i think that's that's what it is i think that they've devised the system for him i don't think this is something that always existed okay so i wasn't really clear on that but don't you love that idea yeah that that it would apply maybe to people that govern or rule. It's like okay, well, you're in power, but we're going to check on you. Yeah, we're going to keep. And up if you're how, not competent, yeah. if if you've gone if, over if, the deep if, end, if and yeah, then you're no longer in power. It's yeah. revoked. Yeah, like yeah, I just dude, that's that's pretty I great. I just love that so much. Do you accept this assessment and these restrictions, Your Majesty? I do. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you accept this? Says Moral. What if he doesn't? Yeah, I wonder. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Oh, you got morale there. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so if, any, so if anybody doesn't like it. Hmm. There, there are probably more checks and balances. If um, Teravangian has a problem with it, then there are probably, there's probably another set of things they have to go through, of hoops they have to jump through in order for him to be able to challenge the results of the test. He'd have to probably mm. do another set of tests or talk to other scholars right. or something. I, it feels like that wouldn't be the end of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can see that. It says, um, I mean, even to back that up, a little further in the paragraph, it says life could be tricky for a man with a different level of intelligence, mm-hmm. particularly when the entire world might depend upon his genius. Mm-hmm. 
again, I just so connected with this idea, like a king, a queen, a leader, an emperor, you know, a, a lord, you know, like it's, it, it is, I think again, it's, uh, like having, having that kind of check and balance for, for people in leadership roles. Like that's a really interesting. It, it's, it's interesting, but most idea. people are going to have the same amount of intelligence every morning. It's only as they get older and older where they're, yeah. they're more, some days they're more lucid and some days they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. for Teravangian in his age, it would make sense. Right. right? Um, mm-hmm. we do have a lot of leaders who are very, very old. Um, so maybe it would be a good thing for them to, <laughs> are you able to make a speech today like are you gonna like yeah. step over your own feet and but then of course it, it goes into ageism and right right so um, but for him it's important because his actual intelligence score varies from day to day it's like you wake right. up you roll a dice that's how smart i am right yeah right that might be a mechanic we might have to use in D. it would be an, an interesting curse right it, for a D&D character. Well, it sounds like it is, right? That for would him, be. It sounds like it's the yeah. curse to his boon. Right, because the boon, yeah, yeah, we got to talk about the Night yeah, Watcher. Yeah, we'll, we'll right. get there when he starts mentioning So it, how yeah. how is it out there, says Teravangian, to Moral? Moral says that it's horrible, just as we wanted it. Right. Do not take pleasure in suffering, Teravangian says, even when it is a work of our hands, particularly when it is a work of our hands. Mm-hmm. As you wish, I will do, I will do so no more says Morale. Can you really change that easily? Turn off your emotions on a whim? Of course, says Morale. Mm-hmm. That's very, interesting. Very interesting because it sounds like they're indicating that the 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 carnage of the civil war in Yakoved, the they're, they're, taking, yeah. they're taking ownership over it. And we know that they caused they the King Hanavanar to die because he sent Zeth after him. But like, right. this is all part of their plan. Right. Right. So. Whew. Well, part of this diagram. Ha-ha. I like how you say it. Right. I know. You got, that, it's like, so, it's... you got that really cool, like sick huskiness, you know, <laughs> like maybe you should sing <laughs> Smelly Cat because it probably it's would sound COVID, really good. Uh, it's the COVID, the COVID voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I mean, uh, even when they're, it's, it's their work by their hands as you wish turning it off and on again morale having a switch like this makes him an interesting character mm-hmm. most of us who suffer from you know anxiety from our emotions our you know our desires our passions or whatever might might it might be good to be you know cool-headed and just flip a switch and then we don't have to deal mm-hmm. with that aspect of our of ourselves him having the switch that's a very powerful thing to have yeah um let me see the diagram, he says. Moral steps aside and a character named Adrotagia, head of Teravangian scholars, brings out this leather-bound volume, this tome. Mm-hmm. She sets it onto the table and Teravangian uh, uses his fingers to um, sort of feel this, this book. And he's commenting here, I think in his mind, he says, feeling a moment of reverence? Was that right? Mm-hmm. Did he revere anything anymore? God was dead after all, and Voronism therefore a sham. Yeah, so he knows. Dalinar had to go through um, visions sent by the Almighty to learn this, and mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe Teravangian has figured it out maybe through the diagram. Maybe the diagram told him. 
Yeah, I think that that's what we should infer from it. I think so I too. Think so because there's such a vast amount of information scribbled. Like imagine every corner of this of this room that he exploded all of this mm -hmm. information. That's right. You know, and then it it takes an extraordinarily long amount of uh, to amount of time, yeah, deciphering it and mm -hmm. going through it. Like it's just you know there are codes and there are lists and glyphs and and female writings and well we'll find um, out a little later. But I, one of the fascinating things is one of the reasons why he's taking these death rattles is that mm. he's hoping the death rattles will help explain yes. the diagram or reinforce right. what the diagram is already telling him. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. that's fascinating that like he's like oh I have this stuff. I need to do more stuff to, to have my stuff be clearer. <laughs> mm -hmm. He really, he really needs a Verstatilian. He does. He needs a Yasna. He had a Yasna at a salon in Carbranth and then they left. So. Yeah, yeah. they did. Um, yeah, it's. And uh, they were on, Yasna and him were on speaking terms. Yeah, well, he, uh, he invited her to help yeah. with, uh, to use her Soulcaster. Yep. But yeah, let's get to that later because there's, there is a moment here where he talks about Yasna and we should, we should talk about that after. Yeah. I, I got to talk about that, but, it's, but hang on. So the book here, the book was, was holy. So I, I want to pause on this reverence, you know, God is dead. Yes. Uh, Voronism to him is a sham, but now he's revering this new book. Mm-hmm. One that he is intrinsically involved in reading mm -hmm. or sorry, in writing. Right. So it's kind of like, you know you're you're the author of your own religion but I, I think it's interesting this book was holy it says in right. the next paragraph so he's what what i mean to suggest is is that he's buying into his own religion <laughs> he's smoking his own supply bro he's smoking his own supply <laughs> big rule right like if you're gonna distribute Shit, don't, i'm don't. like a prophet and stuff dude <laughs> yeah like exactly you know don't smoke the kush dude um so that's another aspect of Teravangian that is interesting is that he's, he's kind of bought into his, his mm -hmm. own thing. Um, granted, not that there's not something interesting to it. It sounds like it really was a phenom, a, a phenomenal event. Right. You know, right. to, to spew out all of these prognostic, all these predictions. How different, and, how different is this from some of the like religious experiences that we hear people have in our current world? It's not really that different of like a moment of clarity, well, oneness with knowledge and God, and you write all this information down and it's like, right. it comes from somewhere beyond you. Like it sounds, it sounds very well, much like I, a religious I, experience. It does. The only difference I think that maybe we could put here is, is that's why I was kind of thinking more about, about Nostradamus or other, other, um, I guess, popular uh, predictors of the future, let's say, is that some of this stuff, much of this stuff in this diagram mm -hmm. is actually happening. Right. So that's the key difference is that it's not just a rambling that takes um, you know, a great, you know, a lot of, uh, mental gymnastics, if you will, to make it true. Mm -hmm. Like this stuff is kind of happening and it's very, I guess, believable or the however, the only pushback I have on that is that, um, he has a roadmap that he can, can make right. happen. Right. W which goes back to how we started this with the Fraggle Rock doozers right. without the doozers to construct and reconstruct mm -hmm. this constructionism that you've got going right. this, 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 this diagram. Um, 
then you have nothing. Right. You so have to back it's it up. It's coming true right? because they're making it come true because it Maybe. always should have come yeah. true. There's like a weird yeah. self-fulfilling. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a bit, a bit, you know, it's a little poo -poo, charlatanism. Right? It's a little poo-poo. Yeah. Charlatanism, <laughs> snake oil, poten potential, I think is, yeah. is what the, okay. So frenetic, bombastic, majestic scribbles copied from the walls of his former bedroom sketches laid on top of one another in layers yeah this is really it's like vast amounts of information it almost reminds me of the movie and well i should say i should say the novel but i'll i will admit i have not read carl sagan's contact i've seen the film the jody foster mm -hmm. film in that film they show a lot of uh data that was in a signal right vast amounts of data well that's what this sort of feels like mm -hmm. these like you know when all these scribblings and writings that are over top of each other you have to just, you have to look through the mess, right? Like, like you, you have to look through the through the noise like when, to find the information. Mm -hmm, yeah, static. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, I think, that, and it's also the other thing that I, that I would draw uh, um, a uh, a line through here is it sounds like Taravangian is okay to go, mm. which is also like <laughs> he is, contact. He's okay to go. Yeah, okay to I, go. I love that movie. Okay to go. I love it. I'm a big yeah, fan of that. Me too. One. I like it a lot. Um, madness and genius, lucid insanity at the moments that he was most brilliant. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting thing. That that really does speak to, you know, m maybe what you were bringing up earlier with, with the Joker. Mm -hmm. The fine line between madness and genius. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Does it strike you as odd, Adro? That's the, that's the lady that's brought the book now. Right. Calling her Adro. That genius and idiocy are so similar? Similar? Adrotagia asks... Vargo, I do not see them as similar at all. Now, Vargo is a youthful expression that she uses to describe yeah. him because she's known him for a long time. Yeah. But he likes it. I kind of like it too. Refer it's like Vargo, a nice little and, nickname. Well, it, it, and it kind of reminds him of being younger before all of this. Yeah. And again, a small little window into this character that, you know, he's not all that he appears to be. He once was other things. You know, mm -hmm. on both of my uh, stupid days, sorry, on both my most stupid days and my most incredible, I am unable to interact with those around me in, in a meaningful way. It's like I become a gear that cannot fit those turning beside it too small or too large. It does not matter. The clock will not work. I had not considered that Adratagia. That's really says. cool, eh? Mm-hmm. When Teravangian was at his stupidest, he was not allowed from his room. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And there's the prisoner. When he was merely dull-minded. That dull word sort of reminded me of dull form. Mm. Yeah. Um, and again, those lines can certainly be drawn here. You For know, sure. Dull form. Um, Teravangian is waking up every morning in a new form, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it appears to be, they're focusing on the cognitive mm -hmm. sort of aspect of that. Right. I was kind of, I was kind of anticipating some Spren to be associated here mm -hmm. because Spren, suppose, according to Yasna earlier in this, in this, well, at the beginning of, of, of Words of Radiance, mm -hmm. she was speaking about Spren being from the cognitive realm. Right. Right. Um, as one of the lessons she was teaching to as far Charan. as we know there are no spren involved in what's happening to teravangian 
The only that other person other than Teravangian that's involved is potentially the Night Watcher. Right. Right. But they do mention an evil spren with oh. this. Yeah, they do. Eh? Let's let's get to that. Let's mm-hmm. get to that. There's so much. Okay. There's so much in here. Okay. So let's let's keep going. Um, he spent those nights crying for what he had done. So when when he was in this dull form, he is crying for what he what he's done. Again. So he recognizes that tactics, things that he's doing, mm-hmm. uh, are, are evil or are morally reprehensible. Yeah. I think they say it so, later. We can lay it out really plainly right now, but I'm pretty sure they've mentioned it sure. later that when he's stupid, he's full of compassion. And when he's brilliant, yeah, comes he's devoid of it. So when he's That's brilliant right. and really intelligent... He, he doesn't care about what he does. Only what he does, no. that doing the thing he needs to do is the only thing that's important. And when he's stupid right. and he can't do those things, he laments mm-hmm. having done those things because that's when all of the compassion comes back. Right. That's when his, uh, yeah, his, fa- his passion comes back, his empathy, mm-hmm. his, um, what's the other word? Altruism or. One of the things um, I find fascinating is that if we consider the brilliance being the boon and the curse mm-hmm. being the stupidity, because now he has to deal with the guilt of everything he does. You could also flip it. Absolutely. That the fact, boon is I the would. compassion and that the brilliance is the curse. I would flip it. Yeah. The, the, the ambition of this diagram is causing people harm. Like Absolutely. there are murders taking place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a result of this. Yeah. Uh, the counter is, is that we don't get the diagram. And what we get is a compassionate person. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, it, it should be pretty clear, which is the more honorable. I, I just, I, I, absolutely. But like he would, I think he considers the brilliance, yeah. the boon. Right. Right. It's just, it's amazing to think about This whole thing is so intriguing to, to consider. This is it. Okay. So before we get to that, um, when he was dull, he could not change policy. Mm-hmm. He'd made this decision after a day of genius where he'd thought to fix all of Carbrandt's problems, such as requiring people to take an intelligence test of his own devising before being allowed to breed. That's another interesting concept. T- testing your leader so that he's competent, so we, you know, we know what he or she is able to do, let's say in a given day, time, whatever. That's fascinating. You also have to make certain requirements in order to be able to breed. That was something he came up with. Yeah. In his, in his mo- in moments of genius. Which is why. I thought that was a, so brilliant on one hand, so stupid on another. Is that your joke here, Night, Night Watcher? He wondered. Is that the lesson that I'm to learn? Do you even care about lessons or is what you do to us merely for your own amusement? Mm-hmm. So I just f- thought it was an, another interesting thing that like, you know, so the first uh, mention of her tests. of the night watcher, which is great mm-hmm. because right now there. we're getting mm-hmm. a clear picture of why this is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back to the book, the diagram, the grand plan that had been devised in a singular day of brilliance, mm-hmm. a singular day. It sort of, you know, it does, it, it sort of harkens to, you know, biblical sort of proportions, you know, you know, this again, this one event. Mm-hmm. so much hinges on this one thing yeah you know and i just can't help but think that's not very wise um most of it was written in an alien script 
the like he's right he has his own language yeah he came up with his own language in order to be able to write it right i was thinking of the band um cigaras or yancey um you know comprising their own languages and stuff like that <laughs> but it's so wonderful and beautiful um he's tolkien <laughs> yeah he's totally exactly women's script which he had learned many years ago that's a component of this Adratagia's notes indicated that a picture appeared to be a sketch on the mosaic of the of the Veden Palace. Again, with the mosaic, it's shattered, right? It's mm -hmm. it's, it's shattered pieces right. that comprise a picture. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he shuts the book. Let us be on with it, he says. Stands up in the cabin, merges out into the sunlight to the sight of a smoldering coastal city. I really like this description too. Yeah. When, when we get these characters emerging from where they are after these conversations, what do we see? A wreck of this entire city. Yeah. It's burning. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a really, I don't know, visual thing for me. I thought, um, I thought that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, the black buildings, even the palace was destroyed. Vidinar, one of the great cities of the world was now little more than a heap of rubble and ash. He could smell it. An entire city burning just beyond his fingertips, and yet the stench vanished into the wind. I thought that was an, another interesting thing about with the wind coming up again. The wind, you know, I guess, hides the, the fact that something terrible has happened. Yeah, like, or dampens it. I don't know. And then he says that the next line, the weeping would come soon. Perhaps it would wash away some of this destruction. Right. Like it needs to be cleansed yeah. and just tidied away. Yeah. Tidy up. And, you know, I find, I find that is almost, um, um, uh, I don't know. Um, loaded, I guess, mm -hmm. um, that you can just tidy up after making a mess, you know? How about no? How about we talk about <laughs> the mess and you know and what uh, what actually transpired here? Come, Vargo says Antrotagia. They are waiting. He nods and joins her in climbing into the rowboat. It's amazing, Moral says. I thought you said you weren't going to be pleased any longer. Teravangian said, stomach turning as he saw one of the heaps, the bodies on the shore that were piled up. Mm -hmm. I am not pleased, but in awe. Do you realize that the 80s war between Emul and Takar has lasted six years and hasn't produced nearly this level of desolation? Yaakoved ate itself in a matter of months. I really like that line. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Devoured itself like a monster. Yeah. Soulcasters, Adratagia whispers. With soul casters to provide food and water, armies could march at speed, no carts or supply lines to slow them down, and commence a slaughter in almost no time at all. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. But she's also saying here, he's also thinking, but Emul and Tukar actually has, have soul casters as well, so that's right. not necessarily the reason. Right. Sailors started rowing towards shore. They're bringing them towards shore right now. There was more, Moral says. Each high prince sought to seize the capital. That made them converge. It was almost like the wars of some northern savages with a time and place appointed for the shaking of spears and chanting of threats. Only here, it depopulated a kingdom. 
Let us hope, Moral, that you make an overstatement. We will need this kingdom's people. Mm-hmm. That's a clear indication that he's there for... Right. To take right. over. Or at least to, to use over. these people, for sure. Andratagia saw his tears. Teravangian's tears and her lips pursed in disapproval. She didn't like how Teravangian had become emotional when his intellect was low. There you go. There's another hint at it, right? That's, yeah. And you know who's... I think... It's funny how there's this character with, with Teravangian, not too dissimilar from Eshenai's sister, Venli. Mm-hmm. Taking note of Eshenai's weaknesses, like where she might be weak. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, I don't like that you're not fully into this. Mm-hmm. I think um, there seems to be a little bit of that about uh, how committed are you to this ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the news... What is the day's news from home, says, asks Terabangian. Dova reports that the number of death rattles we're finding has dropped. She didn't find a single one yesterday and only two the day before. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Death rattles are dropping. Why do you think? Well. Or do you know? I, I can't say, but I think that Terabangian literally gives a reason in the next, cha- in the next uh, paragraph. Next bit. Molak moves Molak. Right. It is certain now. The creature must have been drawn from something westward. Right. So it sounds like the death rattles are caused by something. And whatever that something is, he's calling it Moloch. Is that the first time we've had that name? We've never heard that name until now. Okay. I was wondering about that. So what did Teravangian do? Suspend the murders? His heart yearned to... But even one more glimmer about the future, one fact that could save hundreds of thousands, wouldn't that be worth it? So again, he's trying to square the circle. Mm -hmm. Do I do these murders? Do I collect this information for the greater good? Mm -hmm. He seemed so cold when talking to Zeth last time. Remember when we found out Mm -hmm. about the death rattles and now he's saying his heart yearns to stop the uh, killing these people. But Depends, I guess, it, on where he's at right. with regards to his intelligence. Exactly, exactly. He feels that now, but tomorrow he might feel, well, whatever, we'll just keep doing it. Right. And if he wants to stop the death rattles, it sounds <clears> like <throat> he has to wait three days until it can stop because he, when he makes changes to anything, right. it has to take three, three days. Day yeah, because this mm-hmm. might not be smart en- This guy might not be smart enough to know what's best for the, the country. Um... It will be done, says Adratagia. They, they are rowed over to the harbor's edge. Have you researched that other matter that I requested? Teravangian asks. Adratagia says, it is difficult. It is a difficult matter to answer. The exact intelligence of a man is impossible to measure. Even your tests only give us an approximation. Mm-hmm. The speed at which you answer questions and the way you answer them... Well, it lets us make a judgment, but it's a crude one. This next paragraph has something I want to, I want to um, stop on. The boatmen haul them to shore and it says here, wood scraped stone with an awful sound. At least it covered up the moans in the near distance. <laughs> That's dark. Always look on the bright side <laughs> of death. Well, it's just, you know, like under normal circumstances. Yeah. 
the the wood scraping on stone it's a, it's a horrible sound but but you know what it's not because i welcome that sound because it drowns out all the dying people mm-hmm. that are moaning in pain yeah you know that's a that's a dark <laughs> that's dark yeah sanderson is a little like, dark yeah there there is a, just well, a tiny little that's that's Teravangian. that's Teravangian yeah, being dark for sure and then therefore like it's Sanderson being dark. <laughs> yeah. There is a little spot here. I want to just, just jump back to quickly in this uh, prior pe- paragraph. It says the men were servants of his and were part of the diagram. Right. So they're talking about these boatmen. Um, so right. he's referring to the book, the information inside yeah. the book as yeah. the diagram, but mm-hmm. also the group that they are is also mm-hmm. the diagram. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. calling, it's like calling your all, secret society after the book you wrote. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all one. Yeah. It's all like, part of the diagram. Right. It's all part of the diagram. Yeah. It's yeah. really, really interesting. It, it I just sounds, love how. It sounds like Illuminati type stuff. Kind or, of. Yeah. You know, it's the final solution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's really creepy. Yeah. It is really creepy. Um, and, uh. Well, well, we'll see how this develops. It looks like it's going to have an opportunity to, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so a- Andrew takes a sheet of paper from her pocket. It's a graph, and mm-hmm. she says, I took, I took your last 500 days tests and assigned each one a number between 0 and 10, a representation of how intelligent you were that day, though, as I said, it's not exact. The hump near the middle, Teravangian asks about, that's when you were uh, average intelligence. You spend most of your time there, as you can see. Days of pure intelligence and days of ultimate stupidity are both rare. I had to extrapolate from what we had, but I think this graph is somewhat accurate. What he had asked her to figure out, though, was when could he expect another day that was similar to the day in which he created the diagram. Mm-hmm. It had been years now since that day of transcendent mastery. So this is where I was most intelligent, Terabanchian points to the chart. This was that day, that day of perfection? No. What? That was the time you were the most intelligent during the last 500 days. This point represents the day you finished the most complex problems you'd left for yourself, and the day you devised new ones for use in future tests. I remember that day, he said. It's when I solved Fabrizan's conundrum. Or Fabrizan's conundrum. Mm -hmm. I like that too. This little drop here. Fabrizan's conundrum. It's like a little math Um, thing that's... There's a Star Trek... What's the name of the test that Kirk bests? Ah, shit. um, uh, You know what I mean? It's kind of like... It kind of felt like that for me. Yeah. I I know what you're... Fabrizan's conundrum. Yeah, there's probably some 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 Trekkies uh, I don't, out there um, listening to the show yeah. that can help me out with this. I should know this, but I I just I've forgotten. Um, so that's uh, that's a fun little thing. It's probably in the info dump, but um, yes, she said the world may thank you for that someday if it survives. <laughs> and so that's funny. Him solving this uh, this conundrum, <laughs> this famous conundrum. I want. I, I definitely hope it comes up again. Um, it was. I was smart on that day, he says, smart enough that Moral had declared the need that he needed to be locked in the palace, lest he reveal his nature. What do you make of that? Yeah, he, um, it's lots of secrecy. 
He had drafted a law requiring that all people of less than average intelligence be required to commit suicide for the good of the city. <laughs> it sounds like this diagram is, has the capacity to deliver a lot of final solutions. Right. And, um, like it has very dangerous no compassion. Right. Right. Like earlier when yeah. he was like, oh, when I was really smart, I came up with this idea that we have to test the, the intelligence of the people who have kids. That's not mm -hmm. necessarily a good thing. Do you know what I mean? No, like, it's, it's, I found it fascinating. Right. But it's um, not a necessarily a good thing. It's actually quite no. incompassionate to people. And this, uh, well, this thing here, this is the mass suicide is very, also, you know, quite it's, crazy. It's totalitarian. Um, it's, it's final. It's like the type of control you're trying to exercise is, um, it's, it's, uh, way off the chart, I guess is, uh, anyways, mm -hmm. um, this is why I can't answer your question, Vargo, Andratagia says. That graph, it's what we call a logarithmic scale. Each step from that center point is not equal. They compound on one another the farther out you get. How smart were you on the day of the diagram? Ten times smarter than your smartest otherwise. A hundred, Teravangian says. Maybe more. Let me do the calculations. Yeah, but aren't you stupid today? Not stupid, average. I can figure this much. Each step to the side is a measurable change of intelligence, she says. You might say that each step sideways is a doubling of your intelligence, though that is hard to quantify. The steps upward are easier. They measure how frequently you have days of the given intelligence. So if you start at the center of the peak, you can see that for every five days you spend being average, you spend one day being mildly stupid mm -hmm. and one day mildly smart. For every five of those, you spend one day moderately stupid and one day moderately genius. And she goes on, Tervangian st stands on the rocks with his soldiers. Almighty above, he whispers, thousands of days, thousands upon thousands. It should never have happened. What do you think he's thinking about there? Not sure. Thousands of days, thousands upon thousands. It should never have happened. Of course it should have, she says, but it's so unlikely as to be impossible. It's perfectly possible, she says. The likelihood of it having happened is one as it already occurred. He's talking that about the, he's talking about the occurrence of how many days it might take to get that smart right, again. It could be thousands again. upon thousands of days. And she's, and she's thinking here, that is the oddity of outliers and probability. Again, odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A day like that could happen again tomorrow. Nothing forbids it. It's all pure chance, so far as I can determine. But if you want to know the likelihood of it happening again, he nods. If you were to live another 2,000 years, Vargo, you'd maybe have one single day like this among them. Maybe. Even odds, I'd say. Hmm. So Moral says, so it was luck. Yeah. No, it was simple probability. Either way, Teravangian says, this was not the answer I wanted. Right. Well, since, w since when has it mattered what we want? I like that question. Right. Because that sort of indicates, well, we are searching for truth. It's not what we want. Right. It's truth. So there's a little glimmer there, I thought, of that there might be something noble to this pursuit. Or maybe not but noble, but logical. Logical, yeah. yeah. Um... 
Never, he says, and it never will. So they pick up their way up the rocks, passing the bloated corpses. They're joining a small group of soldiers on the beach. The soldiers are wearing the burnt orange crest of Carbranth. The diagram called for his nation to be unthreatening. Mm -hmm. And this color was synonymous with healing. Right. So I really, I really like this color. Um, again, I, uh, I sort of like imagining this being, you know, very sort of, um, starkly visual, like, um, in terms of color. Have you seen the movie, um, The Village? Yes. Uh, it's a, it's an M. Night Shyamalan, mm -hmm. uh, film. Um, the use of color is really interesting in that, in that film, I thought. Um, so I, I really like imagining these burnt orange cloaks, um, having a presence in a, you know, in, it in like a soothes them burning. Yeah. Well, well, just the, like, it's just such a stark contrast to whatever's happening in the background. Yeah. So you, you, you get these characters, this color actually becomes a character. Right. Um, and it means healing. It means you can trust me, mm -hmm. which is all according to the diagram. Right. So it's like the diagram has selected the most benign color, the color that's most supposed to soothe you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, I don't know. It's, I like this really like, maybe that's my ultimate favorite thing in this chapter is the diagram. Maybe, I think you, you might actually become part of the diagram by the end of this. I, I might already be a part of the diagram. Right. Uh, though um, the diagram was not perfect. However, <laughs> this is how this next part no. goes. So be careful. Yeah, I know. The diagram called for his nation to be unthreatening, but the diagram was not perfect. He had made educated guesses, very educated, and they had been right an eerie amount of the time. Again, that speaks to probabilities here. Right. That's, again, it's why I kind of bring up uh, Nostradamus or something like that. Because he even says, he um, says, uh, um, he had been extremely brilliant that day, but he had not been mm -hmm. able to see the future. There is a distinction right. there. Right. Yeah, I like, I love this line here. The farther they went from the day that he wrote it and the knowledge that he had at that mo time, the more the diagram mm -hmm. needed tending and cultivation right. to, uh, to stay on course. So they had to that mold was. it into what they want. Right. I really love that. And I got to say, that's a really nice use of language there with cultivate and, uh, tend yeah. as a, as a garden. Mm-hmm. You got to nurture your garden. Right. Again, kind of biblical, um, perchance, uh, weed out the, you know, you got to get out the weeds mm -hmm. if, if you want to cultivate something that's, that's, um, you know, edited, mm -hmm. it's been revised or it's going through a process of revision or making it better. Right. At least I, I actually, at least I, I actually like that. Like the process of revision. Yeah. Um, you're like pruning the errors and well, uh, tending to the, 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 the ones that are on the mark kind of thing. You're allowing for continual revelation mm -hmm. and not stopping something from growing. Right. And becoming maybe more, I mean, it, it, it could run the risk of becoming worse. Mm -hmm. It's, it's true. It could, but it also, I think the chances are higher to, for it to become, uh, better. Mm-hmm. There, there's um, another word here that I'd like to point out. Um, the word sure. normally has a capital C, but in this case it has a um, lowercase c, which is cultivation. It's a word that we've run into in this series already. Um, cultivation having a capital, capital C? Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not oh. going to expound on, on it more, but that is something to keep, keep your eye on. 
Better that than anything else in this world. Gods and religion had failed them. Kings and high lords were selfish and petty things. If he was going to trust one thing to believe in, it would be himself <laughs> and the raw genius of a human mind unfettered. Again, that's a dangerous thing to say. Yeah. He's bought, he's bought into his own divinity. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. The diagram also speaks, do you know what, in terms of Star Trek, it's like the Borg. The diagram, it's almost like a collective. Right. Buy into it or perish. Although it has a central author, like a central, like, uh, I guess, uh, operating system mm -hmm. that is conducting maintenance on itself. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's really, I, I, again, I, I just thought this, this is so creepy and really cool. They enter the battlefield. The men are continuing warring each other. Um... As the capital burns, there are seven factions that are now pitted against each other in this battle. Mm -hmm. The, the um, diagram had guessed six. Would that matter? Correct. Did that matter? So there's right? a, vi yeah, there's a, a variable question. there, right? Which is really great yeah. because is it, yeah. they, they've guessed almost everything right, but they guessed that there was only going to be six factions, not seven. Right. Is that going to change how this all you know comes to pass? Well, I suppose you could rewrite the diagram. You could. You know, mm -hmm. or you could assume that, well, again, there's so many ways to square the circle. It's just, um, burned orange again, the color had become synonymous with healing the tents that were flying the banner that was considered to be, uh, what was this now? Tents flying the banner, the banner of the surgeon dotted the battlefield. Okay. So that's, that's his, um, mm -hmm. his banner. As he left the fields of dead, Veden soldiers began to stand up from where they sat in a dull-eyed stupor at the edges of the battlefield, and they're cheering him. Yeah. Because he's taking care of them. Right. He's coming along and showing compassion. Right. Pally's mind, says Adratagia. I don't believe it. Wounded and unwounded alike, any that who could stand for the king of Carbrinth cheered him. Yeah. As he's walking amongst the, yeah. the chaos of these factions having it out. The diagram said that this would happen, Teravangian says, yeah. as he continues walking through them. Yeah. I thought for certain that was an error, she says. They know, Moral says, we are only victors this day. Our healers who earn the respect of all sides, our comforters who helped the dying pass. Their high lords brought them only misery, but you brought them life and hope. I brought them death, says Teravangian. Yeah, he whispers that, yeah. 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 He had ordered the execution of their king, along with specific high princes that the diagram had indicated. Wow. Mm -hmm. So the diagram dictates who you kill, who you execute. Right. That's interesting. Because he's like seeing the whole of Roshar, this whole picture, and then in his mm -hmm. most brilliant state, it's like he's written out exactly what he needs to do to accomplish what. Right. And he hasn't really said yet in the ca in the chapter what it is that he is he's trying to accomplish. He says it a little later, I think, near the end. What What's the point of the diagram? What was it that he asked the Night Watcher? Right. It's coming up. Yeah. They, so they're, they're cheering him for this. Mm -hmm. So he'd ordered the, the death of their king, killed a bunch of high princes, caused this war between all these factions, chaos running amok, people are dying, right. bodies piled up, and they're cheering him for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he's coming up and he's being the, the, the compassionate one, the savior. With the, the compassionate man. Yeah. The diagram explained this in, in causal sterility, as if compassion were something one could measure in a cup next to a pint of blood. <laughs> Soldiers coming up to him, touching his arms or his robe, like a prophet, you know, like a, a great healer. Weeping tears of thanks and joy, Vedan soldiers staring out over the fields of dead, numb of mind. Numb of mind. I like that. You know why? Mm. They're not thinking this through. No. They don't really know what's going on. Well, they, don't, they don't have any of the information to begin with. They right? don't have, so they are numb of mind. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't have the information. Right. This next part um, is, is my highlight. This is my highlight here. The, thr the thrill. Yeah. Cause we finally get a little bit of information about, it's been almost two books now and I keep mm. mentioning to you a capital T. We're talking about a capital T here. The this thrill. isn't just like the thrill of battle. This is the capital T thrill. So why is it important? And Taravangian actually is giving us a little insight here. The thrill, um, he whispered, and you know, for those listening, we're, we're not talking about, but I, I'm, I'm going to be talking about the soapy purple gum. Thrills. Um, yeah. <laughs> thrills, in thrills. The, in the yellow packaging. <laughs> yeah. Soapy purple gum. That's so Come funny. <laughs> you want a mouthful of soap? Nope. That's a, maybe a great way to, you know, get people to fall in line, get them to do. You have to chew this what gum you want them if to you do. don't obey. You do what I, do what I'm, do what I say. Or I will make you chew thrills. Guys. You sound like uh, uh, Linda Var. <laughs> Why won't people obey? Oh, people obey. The thrill. They fought through the night as their capital burned. It must have been in force. So the thrill must have been present for them to continue fighting. Right. I agree, she says. It gives us a further reference point. The thrill is at least as strong here as it is in Alfkar. Maybe stronger. I will speak to our scholars. Perhaps this will help pinpoint Nergal. Have we had that name? No, I, I have an have asterisk. not had I, that I name at all. Perhaps this will help pinpoint Nergal. Now, pinpoint, it's capitalized. It sounds like a place. Nergal. Are we... Are, yeah, Is so it a place? Uh, let, let me read it to you here. It says To pinpoint Nergale. I will speak to our scholars. Perhaps this will help pinpoint Nergal or Nergaul. Do not spend too much time, yeah. uh, too much effort on that, Teravangian said, approaching another group of Vedan soldiers. I'm not sure what we would even do if we found the thing. The thing. An okay. ancient evil spren was not something he had the resources to tackle oh that's what it is nergale sorry i i confused it not not yet at least i would rather know where moloch is moving is moving right. so two were two names two new names in this chat in this interlude right one describing potentially uh evil spren that is attached to the thrill and what right. was the, Nergaul. what was Moloch about? What did we, what did we, uh, um, find um, Moloch about earlier? Well, that he was, uh, with his uh, roamings, potentially roaming westward. Right. The instance of the death rattles were less right. common. So the death rattles were happening when Moloch was near. And the reason they think that the death rattles are stopping is that Moloch 
is maybe moving westward. Has, has been drawn westward. Yeah. Right. So now would that out be of indicative nowhere, westward towards Dalinar? Westward would be, um, that would be eastward. Westward would be hmm. towards Makabaki territory. Hmm. So, but out of nowhere, we get mm. two <laughs> names. Lies. Mm, are you patterned? Uh, we get these two new names. <laughs> One of them. Yes, we do. Is an yep. ancient evil spren. Evil spren. Yeah. And is somehow attached yeah, to the thrill. Whoa. What an info dump right in the middle yeah, of this that's, interlude. That's a crazy info that dump. That is awesome. Um, well, there's not much to go on other than it just being dropped here. Mm-hmm. So there was one answer, however, he'd been never been able to determine one he'd give almost anything to know. Would oh, all of this can, can be we, enough? can we, uh, can we go back a step here? Sure. Um, I would rather know where Moloch, Moloch had- is moving. Hopefully Moloch right. hadn't decided to slumber again. The death rattles right. had so far offered them the best way they had found to augment the diagram. So yet right. again, another reference to Moloch, another reference to how Moloch is creating or inciting or fostering these death rattles. These death rattles. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. the, that the diagram is using to refine itself. So. Right. Yeah, just. I, I, this is like my favorite thing in this whole chapter is this revelation that there are not just these things happening in the world, but that they're caused by some things, some like one, an evil spren and who, who knows what right. Moloch is. So mm-hmm. amazing, dude. So amazing. Well, the thrill, I mean, again, going back to what Yasna was sort of saying about what spren are, they're like these cognitive manifestations of things that we that we think, feel, and do. Mm. So if we're excited about something, if, if there's this thrill, mm-hmm. then there could be a spren present. I would like to believe that the thrill is not necessarily entirely representative of an evil spren. Mm-hmm. I would like there maybe to be some complexity there, but the, maybe there isn't. Well, we know that, maybe, we, we know maybe that the thrill uh, from that Dalinar and Adeline's point of view, um, or Adeline's point of view, is that when they're in battle, they can... Mm-hmm. take hold of the thrill. They don't necessarily right. need to use it, but a lot of the lefty no. do use it to augment their fighting. So it's like choosing right. not to go into a rage if you're a barbarian. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can fight without the rage, yeah. but using the rage gives you lots of benefits. Mm. So, right. who knows? And maybe that rage, you know, can be used for, you know, so they have an, uh, an evil spread associated with this Nurga, Nurgaul. No, no, yeah, Nurgaul, yeah. Blessed with intelligence, he says, cursed with compassion to feel pain for what he had done. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Blessed with intelligence, cursed with compassion. Right. So he thinks the boon is the intelligence. That's what we talked about earlier. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The night watcher's motives behind her boons and curses were unfathomable. Mm-hmm. He came to the next soldier in line, a cloaked man clutching an apparently broken arm. Tervangian looked into the man's hooded eyes. This is as he's walking through these crowds, these areas, Mm -hmm. making his way through. And who does he come and see? Or who does he come across? None other than Seth Sunson Volano. Yeah. The assassin in white. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Tervangian felt panic. We need to speak says the Shin Man. Mm-hmm. Tervangian grabs the assassin and pulls him to the side. 
Tirvangian felt immediately inside of his pocket for the oath stone. He had just for a moment there, he'd thought, Uh-oh. wow, what if I, what if I've been bested? Right. What if I've just lost the oath stone and someone has sent the assassin in white to kill me? Mm-hmm. But he hurriedly finds it. You can kind of understand and, why he might think that. Cause maybe in his stupidest yeah. state, he was dumb and put it down and someone else took yeah, it. Could be. You know what I mean? Like someone who wanted his power or whatever. It's hard to know out of all of these characters. Well, actually, no. These two lackeys beside him, this Mabin and Moral, and uh, Adotasia, they know about the assassin in white yeah. because they interact with him yeah. coming up here, and they seem so super they're, they're loyal, on it. like really loyal. Yeah. Okay, so he, so he, he's now he feels for 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 the for the oath stone. Zeth let himself be pulled away. I like that mm-hmm. line. The Teravangian grabbing him, pulling him to the side of the, of wherever they were to have a private conversation. Zeth allowed that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he'd come to kill you, Teravangian, you would be dead. Right. So that's another thing, um, that would, I guess, sort of satiate his concerns about losing control of, of the assassin in white. Right. Moral noticed immediately that something was wrong. He barked orders to the guards, separating Teravangian from the Vedan soldiers. Um, Andratagia, she peeked at the person under the hood and then gasped, the color draining from her face. So again, she knows who this is. Right, right. How dare you come here, says Teravangian. One of the things I want to, I just want to point out here is that the last time we saw Zeth and he was at Urathiru, I had asked you, where do you think he's heading? Because remember, he's like, I need answers. And he took off. Remember, he was like going from village to village, soaking up stormlight from that, that they were putting out for him. They like revered him Mm. as some kind of like spirit or God. And he was going and like taking all that stormlight and flying West, uh, eastward so he was not heading to the shattered plains like we had posited he was heading here to Yakived to find Teravangian right right to get the answers mm-hmm. so perhaps even even he has faith or certainly faith in Teravangian but maybe even maybe uh, uh, an appreciation or understanding of this diagram maybe he might I don't he might not know anything about it either though they don't mention it here, no. but, but if he's going to Teravangian for answers, he may or may not know. Well, he, I think he's going to him for answers because of the, the situation with his oath stone and right. the things that he cannot keep. He can't keep not thinking about how Kaladin had Stormlight. He needs an explanation right. for that. Because if Kaladin has Stormlight, which means the right, Radiants are coming back, which means everything that he's thought is wrong and he doesn't have to be bound to this oath stone anymore. Right. Right. So that's why he wants answers. I don't think he knows anything about the diagram. Again, another character who is waiting to get out of prison. Right. Yeah. Like you've got, you've got Kaladin in prison. You've got Shallan trapped by her father. Mm -hmm. Like so many characters feel this self-imposed imprisonment or self-inflicted imprisonment. Yeah. Something like Um, that. Yeah. Moral noticed something immediately. How dare you come here? A problem has arisen, says Zeth. Speaking to this creature was like speaking to one of the dead themselves. So this Zeth voice, it must be so interesting. Yeah. Why have you failed to kill Dalinar Colon, says Adratagia? We know you fled. Return to do the job. Zeth glanced at her, 
but he did not reply. Right. She did not hold his oath stone, and this is one of my this is my favorite line here. He did seem to note her, however, with those two blank eyes of his. <laughs> yeah. I really like that. Yeah. He note he's noted her. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm hoping for a future where Zeth is free and he gets to note. He gets, to, he gets to look at his notes and go, oh, yeah, that bitch Azritasia, yeah. right. <laughs> I just, I, there's something so creepy about, about about noting her. It reminds me of, there's a line in the movie The Shining that has something like that where Jack Torrance is speaking with one of the um, apparitions of the hotel and um, he's talking about murdering his family and how he had to correct his family. Right. I've, I, you are no, I had to correct them. Yeah, that's right. So I, I've, I, so I've noted the, I don't know. It's just little things I think about. Um, okay. Their plan had been to keep Zeth from meeting or knowing of Adratagia, just in case he decided to turn against Teravangian and kill him. The diagram hypothesized this possibility. Mm-hmm. Colon has a surge binder, says Zeth. So I think just before we leave that uh, and continue, the diagram hypothesized this possibility. The diagram doesn't seem to be accounting for Zeth's, I think, inevitable return. Right. Or they would have known he was going to show up. Or they would have been able to prevent Zeth from knowing Andratasia. Right. Which is what they wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I think that's interesting. So too. Th- it's evident that there are, s- there are some errors here. The diagram is not perfect. That's what he said earlier. The diagram is not well, perfect. It's not perfect, but it's certainly, it's, might, it might be right about this. Right. Um, colon has a surge binder. Mm-hmm. Now this next line is one, I don't know, I, I don't know what to read about it. Yeah. This, this is Teravangian. So Zeth knew about Yasna. Had she faked her death then, as he'd suspected? Right. This is Teravangian, I believe, mm-hmm. suspecting this. He's hearing from Zeth about a surge binder. Yeah, that Colin, that Dalinar Colin, Col- has a surge binder. Has a surge binder. Right. And he thinks, because he knows, he knows Yasna. Right. So he knows, okay, well, so Zeth knew about Yasna, about her powers. Right. So that means, Had that she means Teravangian fa- knows that Yasna could is a surge could, could, sur- could surge bind yes so that means oh has zeth found out about her right right and then, and then he thinks had she faked her death as he'd suspected because he thinks this is my reading on it he thinks that her disappearance at sea could have only been yasna's doing that she had faked her death right right and that's how that's how i took it to mm-hmm, be as well mm-hmm. And what that does is gives me a little bit of hope. Isn't that like, isn't that a thing? Isn't that line something for me here? (laughs) Is, didn't Sanderson write this explicitly for me? I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I could get excited about this line. When I first read it, I was like, oh my, and I was going to text about it in the, I don't know, the Jack's notes thing. Yeah, you you could have. That's what it's there for. The Jack's journal. I I did. I didn't. I, I haven't, I haven't written anything in there yet, but, um, but I was super excited, dude. Yeah. About this. If that's what, you know. 
again, and so I think what I would like to do is go back and reread Yasna's death to see if there's a clue there. Right. You could totally do that. You know how, but if, you know, I know that you only read on recording days, but maybe sometime this weekend, if you have time and you want to read something, go back and yeah. read that chapter and then you can mm-hmm. kind of write your musings on Jack's journal and then kind of mm. give the Discord people a little, a little something juicy to, to mull over. I think that well, we don't know how much Teravangian knows about what I'm happened at sea. I'm hopeful about this. Yeah, we, we, we don't have enough evidence yeah. or really any context yeah, of what he means, right? No. And we don't know how much he knows about what happened. You know what, though? I think he knows by now. He, knew, he knows about Shallan. Mm-hmm. It's about... So he, yeah. he knows about Yasna's death. Right. He knows about that, mm-hmm. and I don't think he believes it. He doesn't believe it. Yeah, I don't think he believes it. And that's what's giving me like, whoa, that's amazing. This could all be part of Yasna's. I don't know. I'm, I know I'm reaching here, dude. But, anyways, <laughs> dude, um, I have so much compassion and empathy for you right now. It feels. It's just. I know how badly you <laughs> you want this to be to be a. Crumb. I want yeah. it. I want it so bad, but I have no idea. Those eyes, the tone of a man's voice, a dangerous tone. This is him speaking about Zeth. This man was not sane. Mm-hmm. Zeth's son, son Valano, was the most dangerous weapon on all of Rishar, and he was broken. Yeah. There's that word again, broken. Yeah. It's been used to describe Shalon. Kaladin. Kaladin. Mm-hmm. The Shattered Dalinar. <laughs> Dalinar. What makes you say this, says Teravangian? I fought him says Zeth. He protected Colin. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, says Teravangian. Thinking furiously. He's like, ah, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, he's always known this, and then he's thinking furiously. How do I explain this? Zeth had been banished from Shinovar. He was made truthless for something relating to a claim that the Voidbringers had returned. If he, meaning Zeth, discovered... That he was, that he wasn't wrong about that claim, then what? Hmm. Right. Right. Then, then what? You, and then, then he thinks. Then you really unleash the monster. And then he thinks, him? Hmm. He thinks, because he said, I fought him. So him. So right. it's not Yasna. Him? So it's a man, him. You fought a surge binder, Adratagia asks. Yes. An Alethi man who fed among, who, sorry, who fed upon stormlight. He healed a blade-severed arm. He is radiant. Teravangian glanced at Zeth's hands. They were clenching into fists. Time and time again. Just give me a reason to kill you, he's thinking. Just give me a reason. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Teravangian said. I have learned this only recently. Yes, it makes sense now. One of the honor blades has vanished. This is what Teravangian tells Zeth. Mm -hmm. And how? One of the other seven, Zeth asks. Yes, Teravangian says. I have heard only hints. Your people are secretive, but yes, I see it as one of the two that allow regrowth. Colon must have it. Now, is this a total fabrication? Um, sounds like it. One of the, the, right. one of the great parts... He's trying to satiate Zeth's concern, right? Like, Yeah, one of the great parts here is... One of the other seven. Right. Of the other seven honor blades. Right. So he's, Teravangian saying that Kaladin is getting his power from using an honor blade. Right. One of the other seven. 
Wouldn't that mean one of the other seven honor blades? Yeah. So there's seven honor blades and that Kaladin right. has one of the others. One of the others, right. meaning not. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm walking a fucking line here, bro. I am trying what, really hard not to say of, anything. Okay. Um, well, don't, don't, don't spoil it yeah, for I'm not me. Going if to, I haven't I'm figured it to. out, that's okay. Um, he, so um, he says, yeah, one of the other seven. He's like, yes, I have only heard hints. Your people are secretive, but yes, I see it. It is one of the two that allow regrowth. And we know regrowth, regrowth. is the mm -hmm. power that Lyft has as a surge binder. Right. Right. So he's saying right, that, when she's, yeah, yeah. that this man you fought has a, an honor blade that allows him to have the power of regrowth. That's how he was able to heal his arm. Right. That's cool. Yeah. But we don't really have a clear understanding of what these honor blades are, do no, we? No, we don't. Um, I am trying to because find Because Kaladin something. is really averse, like other than using the, the shard blade in the chasm with Shallan, mm -hmm. he, he hasn't wielded one, has he, in battle? Who? Kaladin. Kaladin has not wielded any kind of blade other than his spear. Other than his spear, So Teravangian right. is just making this up. Because Teravangian does Again, not want Zeth to realize that Kaladin is using that, Stormlight. And that he's no longer uh, in need of being sworn to the Oathstone. Right, exactly. But if Kaladin right. isn't a Surgebinder, and he's getting Surgebinding abilities by using a magic item known as an Honor Blade that would grant him mm -hmm. powers, then that could be right. explained. That could be a reason why. Don't worry about it, Zeth. Voidbringers are not coming back. You were you were still wrong. You're still truthless. You're still bound to the stone that I have in my pocket. Don't worry about it. This guy is not what you think he is. He's using a magic item that gives him the abilities of regrowth and some other stuff. Right. Okay. He's not doing it, it on his own. So um, um, I, I do have a part here I want to read. It's um, sure. Go ahead. It is a uh, an excerpta. Um, Okay. Of a conversation between Syl and Kaladin after Cal fights Zeth for the first time in the ca in the uh, the castle, defending Dalinar and fighting with Adolin. Okay, go ahead. What if the Honor Spren thought this assassin was doing right? Because he's like, how can this guy do what I can do? How did an uh, Honor Honor Spren give him the ability? You gave me mm -hmm. the means to slaughter Parshendi to protect. Sil says, in their eyes, the Parshendi are protecting their kind. To them, I'm the aggressor. Sil sat down, wrapping her arms around her knees. I don't know, maybe, but no other honor spren are doing what I do. I'm the only one who disobeyed. But his shard blade. And then Cal asks, what of it? It was different. Very different. It looked ordinary to me. Well, as ordinary as a shard blade can, this is what Cal says. She's like, it was different. I feel I should know why. Something about the amount of light it was consuming. This is her speaking about, about uh, Zeth? About Zeth's blade. So Zeth has an honor blade. Potentially, yes. So she's saying he can't do this stuff because an uh, uh, honor spren gave him the ability. Because I'm the only honor spren out here doing what I'm doing. There's no way he could do that by granted by an honor spren. But his blade did look different. There's something about it that I didn't understand. Mm, and now we know right. from this conversation between Zeth and um, Teravangian that honor blades 
can mimic surge binding powers. They can grant surge binding powers. Mm-hmm. So lots of stuff, lots and lots of stuff. After this, uh, I, I guess, ad- admission from Teravangian trying to explain to Zeth that, that this honor blade that is, it is in the possession of Dalinar Colin. Yeah, this is his, his that, reasoning. That it's one of the two, it's one of the two that, uh, that allow regrowth. Again, he's dropping all of this on Zeth. Zeth says, this man I fought, he summoned no blade. Right. So he, he says that back to Teravangian. Teravangian says, but he used Stormlight. Yes, Zeth confirms. So he must have an honor blade. And then Zeth says, I, and there's, a, there, there, there's an ellipsis in the text. He was going to continue, but Teravangian cuts him off. And he says, it is the only explanation. Mm-hmm. And Zeth again tries to say something. It, Zeth's voice grew colder. Yes, the only explanation. I will kill him and retrieve it. Right. What do you think about that? Like, was, was he going to say something else and then changed because of the Oath Stone? I, maybe. It's possible. Like, did, like, did the Oath Stone change him from having something to say? Remember that the then... Oath Stone is not magical. It is not forcing him to do anything. No. He has decided to follow whoever has the Oath Stone. It a is self-imposed oath. Yes, it's yeah. like a token or yeah, a talisman type thing. So it's not like being type type forced thing. magically. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a right. charm spell or, or, or some kind of like enchantment. He, he's, he's choosing it. But I think that what it is is that he doesn't really have any evidence to go against what Teravangian yeah. is saying. No. And can I posit I, an idea here that mm. Zeth's whole experience killing Mm -hmm. all these people crying while he's slaughtering people yeah right is only because he's deciding that he got it wrong the void bringers are not coming back therefore i'm truthless therefore i will do whatever someone has the oath stone i'll do whatever they want and if it becomes untrue then all those lives he killed for no reason he wants to believe That it was an honor blade. To self-reinforce. Well, and that, so it's amazing. We talked a little bit earlier in this, uh, in this pod about how the characters share so many things together. Right. And that's another thing that he shares. He wants to have the oath stone, if you will, as much as Teravangian wants to have the diagram. Right. You know, as much as Zeth feels, you know, he cries when, when he kills someone. Well, Teravangian, when he's more dull, I guess, dull minded, he has those moments of compassion where right. he regrets what he's doing. Right. It's so interesting how these characters have, what I want to know though, is how, how, okay, when I'm going to make a prediction that there's going to be a moment with Zeth. We need, um, we need like where... a sound that comes on when Jack's about to make a prediction. Yeah. Something really like definitive, like, uh, maybe like you work on it. Maybe you write your sound. own. I'll have to write it <laughs> yeah. and I'll send it your way. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it'll be akin to the, uh, back to the future little twinkle. Oh, I like you know, that. Something. I like that. That's maybe really I, cool. I'll, It'll have to be like the sound of Sill kind of like moving through the air Ooh. as a ribbon of light kind of going by. Maybe oh, yeah. Like that. That's cool. Okay. So, but, but what I was wondering is, Sorry. okay, prediction is yeah, prediction. Zeth, Zeth will, basically he will, 
not need the oath stone anymore. There okay. will be a moment where this happens, this thing that Teravangian does not want to have happen. Right. I think it's going to happen. And what I really want to know about the oath stone is how many skips do you think he'll, he'll get? <laughs> When he throws it like against if, the river? If he throws it across the water, like, yeah, how, how many skips would, uh, d- does an oath stone get when okay. you're like, I'm done with this oath stone. It all, de- it all depends, it like a- <laughs> it all depends on whether or not he's using it regularly or if he's using yeah. a surge. If he, if he lashes that stone in the direction yeah. of the river, it could go on yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. It could go on in perpetuity. That, that stone could be skipping into the next, you know, it would go across off the Roshar. endless ocean. Like I have yeah. a, I have a map of Roshar up here where I record <laughs> right. and it could literally just go around the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I was thinking of this perpetual motion. I, thing I like the, it. The I the think it's stone. funny. Okay. So Teravangian says, no, meaning, no, I don't want you to kill this, um, this supposed honor blade holder the, right we're talking about kaladin really yeah. is what we're talking about you are to return to dalinar colon and do the task assigned you yeah do not fight this other man attack when he is not present right so now i'm guessing in part five we've got to be on full alert for whenever dalinar's alone well without kaladin well he's currently right? alone without kaladin kaladin right can't go out on the expedition Remember he said, you're going to have to stay back. Yeah. Cause you're late. Another little, I'll make another little prediction. That's not going to stick. Oh, okay. That's, that's not going to stick. That's, that's, that's I, I not can't a see stick. how that stick. If I that sticks. Stick. It's not a stick. stick. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. But have I your oath stone, Teravangian uh, says, is my word to be questioned? Because again, again, Zeth interrupts here trying to, trying to say something. Zeth stops swaying, his gaze locks with Teravangians, and Zeth says, I am truthless. Right. I do as my master requires, and I do not ask for an explanation. Stay away from the man with the honor blade, Teravangian says, and kill Dalinar. Right. It will be done, says Zeth. Don't be seen. Don't ever come to me in public again. That's what... That's what Teravangian's thinking inside. Mm-hmm. Again, this whole thing began as a big surprise. What are you doing here? Yeah. I'm going to pull you aside and we're going to have this talk. This whole time, Teravangian is like, fuck, we're going to get killed here. We're all going to get slaughtered. If I make one right. misstep and I say the wrong thing or allude to the wrong thing, Zeth could kill the lot of us. Zeth is now freed. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Adratagia says, Stormfather, I thought we were dead. (laughs) Servants. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a a real concern. I find it most, one of the most interesting little elements about this chapter is that Teravangian is is largely keeping, uh, uh, sorry, uh, am am I getting the the name right? Is it Mabel? It's not Mabel. It's, It's, uh... I like Mabel it's though. It's Mabel. Now I've got Mabel in my, in mm, my. Mabel. It's not Mabel. It's, um, uh, sorry. It's Morale and. And, uh, Mabe. Mabe? It's not Mabe. Yeah, I think it's Mabe. No, it's not. Marble? Uh, no. I'm getting it wrong. 
Hold on a second. Now it's, it's going to cost me. So sorry, Maben. It's Maben. Ah, uh, ah, uh, she's Maben. It's not Maben. It's not Mabel. It's Maben. Maben. Um, uh, Maben. Next time you can remember the <laughs> Maben. Next time. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, what, what I find interesting is that you know, with Terbangin is is letting them in on it as much yeah. as he's willing to. Mm-hmm. So they they know things. Oh yeah. So they're feeling a bit of his concern, which I kind of like that. It's not just Terabangian who's nervous about the assassin in white. He right. also has some trusted people in his sphere that mm-hmm. he also is, he trusts. You know, yeah, that's and I think that that he, he trusts and yeah. he can't. He needs that because when he's brilliant and when he's dumb, remember he's a liability. Yeah. So he needs people he can trust. So he thinks to himself here, "Who is it? Who is this surge binder?" Yeah, he says it really softly. A- a- Adratagia says, "Yasna's ward." They had been startled when that one arrived on the Shattered Plains. This is Shalon. Mm-hmm. Already they hypothesized that the girl had been trained, if not by Yasna, then by the girl's brother, this would be Halloran, before his death. Hmm. No, Teravangian says, no, it can't be, can't be her. A male, one of Dalinar's family members. We need the diagram itself, which... Apparently, I think it's Maven that goes to fetch it from the ship. Yeah. Um, the diagram was off. They strayed into dangerous territory now. Yeah. I, I like, I like, what does that remind me of? We're in dangerous territory now. Um, sorry, it's um, pop culture me. It's um, it reminding me of the ending, I think, of Terminator 2 or Terminator 1, where it's the road. And we're in new territory, like the future's not written, like right. we're, like we're, we're just, you know, like the diagram has given us this, however, we're at this precipice, we're at this moment right. where Zeth has now told us that there's this surge binder. Yeah, and we, we didn't have, a, we didn't, we, it wasn't factored in. Yeah. Or at the very least, if it isn't the diagram, they never took note of it yet. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. She returned with it, this, uh, again, the tome, I believe it is, the, who set up a tent. Oh yeah, this is interesting. So she returns with it. As far as I know, there's, they're somewhere along the paths going through these areas, Yeah, going through all the people that are wounded, yeah. that are, you know, saluting them and honoring them. And the storm wardens in them set up a tent right there. Yeah. Cause he, I Tara think he Vangie, sits down, right, right? right there on the path. Yeah, yeah. Because earlier he said, when Zeth says it will be done, and when he leaves, Teravangian mm-hmm. gasps, and then he says, mm-hmm. instead, he said, instead, or it says, instead, he sat right there on the path, <laughs> like he, right. he just was like, oh, and just sat yeah. down. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think it's morale that is telling others that are walking by that you know making all kinds of excuses as to why Teravangian has set up this tent and and uh, yeah. and is here. Teravangian picked through the tome pouring over the translations. Did I ever tell you, Adro, what I asked for? Yes, she says. He was barely listening to her. He says, capacity. The capacity to stop what was coming. The capacity to save mankind. The answers would be here. They would. Tervangian worshipped only one god now. Right. It was the man he had been on that day. The one day of brilliance. Yeah. The one day of madness. The one day that all of this came out of him. It's crazy that he, that he just admits it fully. Yeah. I would only, I will only worship one God now. So he's putting himself, I suppose, before all others, or I guess you could say he's putting the diagram. Right. 
right. before, all, before all others. He found it on a reproduction of one corner of his room where he'd written in tiny sentences over the top of one another because he'd run out of space. And then he thinks, they will come. You cannot stop their oaths. Look for those who survive when they should not. That pattern will be your clue. And then Teravangian whispers to himself, the bridgeman. Adratagia says, what? Teravangian continues, Dalinar's bridgeman, the ones that he took from Sadius. Did you read the account of their survival? I didn't think it's important. Just another game of power between Sadius and Dalinar. No, it's more. Because they had survived. Mm -hmm. And then he says, wake every Alethi sleeper we have. Send every agent in the area. There will be stories told of one of these bridgemen. Miraculous survival, favored of the winds. One is among them. He might not know yet exactly what he's doing, but he has bonded a spren and sworn at least the first ideal. Dude, even and this if, average man of intelligence has been <clears throat> able to figure it all out. Probably my, my favorite highlight, I think it's coming up. Don't underestimate the average man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, I think, a really interesting and chilling, rather, reminder. I think that you could say that about Kaladin. Because Kaladin really is just an average dude from yeah. a small town, a small hamlet. He's not yeah. a light eyes. He's just an average dark eyes. Don't underestimate the average man. Well, yeah, I, I, I can see that. And, but I can also see a slightly, you know, different side of Kaladin too, that of, of about all of his exceptional qualities. But I, but I do take what, what you're saying. Um, and if we find him, says Adratagia. Well, we keep him away from Zeth at all costs. Yeah, that's the whole point. Our lives depend upon it. Zeth is a beast who gnaws at his leg to escape his bonds. And if he gets free, mm -hmm. that's interesting. He knows that Zeth is seeking to be free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she nods, moving off to do as commanded. We might have to reassess our methods of determining your intelligence... What I have seen in the last hour makes me question whether average can be applied to you today. The assessments are not inaccurate, he said. You simply underestimate the average man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's that's, great. That's my highlight. Is it? I think, uh, well, I love the testings, but that response back, that's really, really neat. It's really awesome. Um, I really do. I just want to go back just quickly here to this chat, uh, this paragraph, sure. um, yep. where, um, he says there will be stories told of one of these bridgemen, miraculous survival, right. favored of the winds, winds, one mm -hmm. is among them. I, I just, I love how right on the nose he gets it right. Like, I suppose that's one question I would ask is how does he know that he would be favored by the winds? What does he know about the winds? That is so, well, like, he's, how does Teravangian know that? I, I, I don't know, um, this for sure, but wings. he is looking through the diagram. So maybe he's getting hints mm -hmm. from it. Um, but mm -hmm. I do like the, how he's like, you know, he, he will have had a miraculous survival. He knows what, um, what Knight's Radiance are capable of. They're capable of surviving, uh, uh, extraordinary situations because of their healing factor with Stormlight. 
Um, right. I just like this because, you know, when they, they're like, we have to send out these sleeper agents, like get all the information we can over there. And they're right. going to hear mm-hmm. about, you know, Kaladin being hung in the high storm, Kaladin coming yep. back after falling into a chasm. You know what I mean? They're going to hear about all these little stories and it's not going to be long until they know. Him jumping the chasm and saving, and saving Dalinar. Right. At the tower. They all, they yeah. sort of already know that part because they're like, that's what yeah. he gets in his clues. I mean, he's like, Sadius is old Bridgman. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. something very weird that happened that should not have happened, right? I, I don't know. Right. It's just, this whole part is just amazing. It's cool. Well, it's it's forces colliding. Like what, what this is, is, uh, you know, all of these elements that have been built so far in these in these two books. Again, we're getting more more of a collision. Um. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's in store for the Sanderlanch. I can't even imagine, it, but it's crazy. Okay. Your majesty, <clears throat> Maral says, time runs short. The high prince is dying. He's been dying for years, says Terebanchian, but he resumes his hike. There were a series of storm wagons that were fl- uh, flying an optimistic flag as so described, the, the flag of Yaakoved. I like that in the text, it's yeah, that's an optimistic flag because mm-hmm. I know that I'm taking over. Right. So that flag, yeah, that's. You're yeah, never going to know what it really means. Yeah, that's very temporary. Yeah. Yeah. The guards let, uh, they're let Teravangian enter. They're around the, uh, sorry, this ring of wagons. And he makes his way over to the largest one. And there inside he finds High Prince Valam, mm-hmm. or rather King Valam. And his bastard son, Redden, I think is his, is his name, or Reden. Yeah, we, we know these characters already. Yeah. High Prince Valam, or King Valam, was the high prince that House Devar owed fealty to. Right. Right? So if you have the hierarchy, it's Havanavanar, then High Prince Valam, and then Lindavar was underneath Valam. Was underneath of Valam. And owed him fealty. So like they live in his territory, right? Right. And they were trying to gain his favor. And the Ghostbloods were trying to make Lindavar High Prince Davar instead of Valam. That's what their whole machinations were, right? Right. So they wanted Mm -hmm. to replace Valam with Davar, their own creature. And Redden is the man with the homeochromatic eyes. The man right. that came to visit them and yeah. was like, you know, you can, t- you can tell us if something hinky went on. Our, our David Bowie from the, uh, from the city. Yeah, I was going yeah. to say, where, where are the spiders are marked? So here he is back again in this story, which is really awesome. It is cool. Well, and unfortunately, he has something horrible to do mm-hmm. on behalf of his father. Right. Um, and does it. Tervangian, Valam says, you've come for my kingdom, have you? I don't know what you mean, your majesty. Oh, don't play coy, Valam snaps. I can't stand it in women or in rivals. I don't know what they're going to make of you. I half think they'll have you assassinated by the end of the week. Clever ploy, the king says, sending that food. Those healers, the soldiers love you. I've heard... What would you have done if one side had won decisively? I'd have had a new ally, says Teravangian, grateful for my aid. You helped all sides. But the winner the most, your majesty. We can minister to survivors, but not the dead. 
That's mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. That's clever. He literally did what some countries do in our world, which is mm-hmm. gave aid to both sides, ensuring that the war could escalate more and more and more until mm-hmm. they destroyed each other. It's pretty yep. crazy. Valam coughs and his son steps up. Would have figured, the king says, you'd be the only one of my children to live, bastard. Hmm. Turns out you have a legitimate claim on the throne, Teravangian. Through your mother's side, I think. A marriage to a Vedan princess some three generations back? I am not aware, Teravangian says. Of course he's aware. Didn't you hear me about being coy? We both have a role to play in this production, your majesty, Teravangian continues. I'm merely speaking the lines as they were written. I love that. You you talk like a woman, Valam says. I know what you're up to. In a week or so, after caring for my people, your scribes will discover your claim on the throne. You'll reluctantly step in to save the kingdom, as urged by my own storming people. I see that you've read the script... Sorry, I've seen, I see you've had the script read to you. Isn't it? That, that It's so cool. It's that he so just, good. He knows the story and he's just waiting for those to fill their lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is how, yeah, it's, this is how, and the script is the diagram. Right. Right. The assassin will come for you. He very well might. <laughs> That's. And the, then, then, but the comment after that is, yeah. that was the truth. Yeah. Yeah, and and it and like it defies what it really means, right? Like, oh, hang on. So he very well might. The next line after that is Teravangian's thought. Right. That was the truth. Yeah. Which means that suggests to me that according to the diagram, it has predicted Zeth's. The oath stone will be mm. will you know what I mean? Yeah. Because then, if he knows that then he might have a contingency plan. I, that's, that's true. Uh, all this is very plausible. I would never put anything past wow. Teravangian. And you know how you were like, oh, this, I don't person's know. I mean, ahead. No this person's always ahead. You know, you were like, oh, Yasna knows what's going yeah, on. Dalinar. The, I, would, I, would yeah. ac- I would accept yeah. Teravangian already being five or six steps ahead from what he's proven to us in this, in, in this interlude. Him and his little well, cohorts of diagram are ahead. But five, 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 but, but the the interesting thing about him being five or, you know, or so steps ahead is that it's reliant upon this day Mm -hmm. of brilliance. It's reliant upon that day of madness. It's reliant upon the diagram. And so reliant upon their translation of the diagram as well. The diagram is all well and good, but if they can't extrapolate any kind of useful information from it. So it's an ongoing process of them trying to figure out what it meant, right? Mm -hmm. The thing I want to make a comment here about is that that was the truth is uh, he's saying that the truth is that he very well might. And he almost just did. He might, right. Right? The assassin almost just did. They literally just dodged a bullet there. And if Zeth ends up confronting Kaladin, like they don't want him to, it's possible that he very well might come for me if he finds the truth out. You know what? You're right. I think what I was reading is that that comment, that was the truth related to what, um, Valam had said when he said that assassin will come for you. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is, hang on. Yeah. 
you hinge it more to he very well might. Yeah, yeah okay. that That's was cool. the truth because he yeah, very well might come He for might, me. yeah. Yeah. But I also think the way that I kind of mistook it is kind of interesting too. I like that too. I like I yeah. like the idea of maybe Again, what, what it's was foretold. The, what was the meme? What oh. was the meme? My, my wildly inaccurate <laughs> whatever. But I preferred, I forget what you sent It you was the, uh, the well thought out... Uh, theories yeah, are wildly well inaccurate. So, so you, yeah, you you say wildly inaccurate, and I'm like, well, hang on. There are a few words before that I, in the meme. I want to. And I that wanna, was well thought. I want to point out well, that it's not my meme. It was a meme I, that was I, I created know, for I you. Know. I think I don't it was even one know what a meme. I don't really even know what a meme is, to be honest with right. you. But I, you know, but I, I guess what I found interesting is that you, my bud, my 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 my, my compadre, my partner in crime, yeah is focusing on wildly inaccurate as opposed to well thought. <laughs> well, I'm not like, focusing on it. You, the, the, the meme is, is that you're the guy in the middle. I'm just kidding. You're the dude I'm in kidding. the middle and you're holding hands with your current girlfriend who is a one-liner <laughs> with pers- uh, which is a precise prediction about what's about right. to happen. But you're turning your back on that and looking at the, uh, the other hot girl that's walking past and she's right. the very well thought out but wildly inaccurate theories. Wildly so inaccurate. So you're, pay- yeah. you're not paying attention to your one-liners that are actually going to come true but you're more focused on the ones that you've really thought out that are not going to come true i don't know how to interpret the diagram i don't know <laughs> um that's what i'm going to say about the memes memes the memes, are are, uh, <laughs> memes are lo- memes are math they're lost on me okay okay let, let's let's keep going um don't know why i even storming tried for this throne mm-hmm. says valam at least i'll die as king Valam continues, I'm making this idiot my heir. He waves at Teravangian. Ha! Let the other high princes chew on that. Yeah. Well, they're dead, your majesty. What? All of them? Yes. Even Beriar? Yes. Huh, Valam says. Bastard. Redden steps up, going up onto one knee beside the bed. I think, I think something uh, very uh, parallel is happening here because the next line is, the way you read that line made it sound mm-hmm. like he was calling Briar Bar- a bastard. But it says here, no. at first, Teravangian thought that was a reference to one of the deceased. Then, however, he noticed that King was waving over his illegitimate son, the bastard. Right. Right. To come so, over. So he's not talking about the other high, ki- high prince. He's talking about his, his son again, which is fucking cruel, bro. Like, how Well, some you're reducing him. You're just calling him bastard. Yeah. Like, I'm not liking Valam at all mm-hmm. here. Um, to be honest with you, I wish that the bastard was directed at Teravangian. Right. Because he's the true bat. Like, if I'm to feel a little more for Valam here. Mm-hmm. This whole thing with these factions, this this chaos that has been the result uh, that is now, uh, uh, you know, I guess producing the, I guess the institution of Teravangian as as king mm-hmm. or leader of right. Yakuved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's attributable to to Teravangian. He's the bastard, especially after you just tell him that all of the other high princes are dead. But you're right. He says bastard. Redden comes over, or Redden comes over by his side and um Valam produces a side knife that he kept on him mm-hmm. and um Teravangian inspected this redden 
This was the king's ruthless executioner mm -hmm. that he had heard about, that he had read about. Through my heart, says Valam. Father, no. Through my storming heart, Valam shouts. I won't lie here and let Terebangian coax my own servants into poisoning me. Do it, boy. Or can't you do a single thing that... And then Redden slams the knife down into his father's chest. Redden then stands up and shoves his way out of the room. He salutes his father first. He salutes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then storms out. Like, mm -hmm. even after all that, he still salutes. I really mm -hmm. like this Redden. I really like him. Well, his executioner, it makes me, you know, not like that aspect, but... So the night will reign, for the choice of honor is life. This is what the king says as he dies. This, these are his dying words. Yeah. And it's a death rattle. Yeah. So, um, I think Teravangian is positioning here. He wishes that he could have captured it more accurately. You'll have to remember it, I think he says. Mm-hmm. A shard blade appeared from vapor beside the bed and then thumped to the wooden floor of the wagon. Nobody reached for it. And the soldiers came in the room and scribes outside looked to Teravangian, who then knelt. Or they knelt. Cruel what Valam did to that one, Moral says. More than you know, says Teravangian. Mm -hmm. The bastard will be known as a patricide on the official records, if he had interest in the throne, this will make it difficult for him, even more so than his parentage. Mm -hmm. Might I have a moment with the fallen king? I would speak a prayer for him. The others uh, leave the room, even Morale. They shut the small door, where Teravangian can spend time with the corpse mm -hmm. of Valam. He wanted a moment alone to think. Just as the diagram instructed, Teravangian was now king of Yaakoved. He had taken the first major step toward unifying the world, as Gavilar had insisted would need to happen if they were to survive. Aha. Uh -huh. That, I know. So, now we're getting Gavilar's, um, I guess, testimony or his, you know, his, his thoughts on what needed to occur which Teravangian appears to have agreed with. Mm -hmm. Or at least is interpreting it in a certain way. That was at least what the visions had proclaimed. Visions that Gavilar had confided in him six years ago, the night that the Alethi king died. Gavilar had seen visions of the Almighty who was also now dead and of a coming storm. And the words that have become ubiquitous here unite them. I am doing my best, Gavilar, Teravangian whispers. I am sorry that I need to kill your brother. That would not be the only sin upon his head when this was done, not by a faint breeze or a storm wind. He wished once again that this day had been a day of brilliance. Then he wouldn't have felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> That's holy the shit end. ending here, six years ago, on the mm -hmm. night Ga Gavilar dies, before he dies, he tells Teravangian, so first off, that means Teravangian was at the feast, at the, um, the treaty feast with the Parshendi, the night Zeth right. killed, right? Mm -hmm. Gavilar, 
Teravangian was there because that night Gavilar told him he was having I visions hope. from the Almighty. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like Dalinar's having now. So that means Gavilar right. was having them first. Right. And is now dead for it. Is now dead for it. So um, we, we knew that Gavilar was into the Way of Kings, the book, before Dalinar had it. That's why Dalinar started getting into it was because my brother's dead. I should read it. I should know why he was, why he was right. in it. It might give me an idea of what my, my brother was thinking about near the end. And all along, Gavilar was having visions as well. Most likely the same visions, it sounds. Yep. That's fascinating. That lends a lot of credence to the visions themselves, especially if they are being repeated. Mm -hmm. The other thing we know about Gavilar is that he has been working with Amaram. Yes. We know Amaram has made it clear in this book that him and Gavilar were working towards the same goal, which was Mm -hmm. to bring back the Voidbringers and or to bring back the Parshendi gods. Right. They want the gods to return. Right. And he clearly shared this information with Teravangian. Maybe not the, maybe not the I'm working with Amaram stuff, but definitely the I'm having visions stuff. And in order for us to survive, we're going to need to unify the world, unite them. Unite them. Yeah. That's a lot of information in the last like two paragraphs. Yeah. I know. It puts everything kind of in perspective now. Like like we widened out our our lens and we see a a larger picture now. Now, not only was Gavilar into this, but he was connected to to Teravangian, right? Like it's, it's incredible, dude. It's awesome. It's thickening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for for this Sander Lynch. I can't even believe it. Well, we, we've we've done it. We've now completed these interludes. Mm-hmm. So what I read next is starting part five, correct? Right. Yeah, this is it. We're, we're about to start part five. We're about to start the okay, Sander what's Lynch. Your, well, we, we talked about highlights. I think I'll have to stick with those highlights for me that, um, you know, the, the, um, the diagram. Mm-hmm. The, the tests, the con, the oh yeah, the concept around the it. concept yeah. of all the tests of the, of the of the intelligence tests. I think the diagram is really ominous, mm-hmm. and um, that whole concept and idea, I think, is a is a is a big deal. And what was the other little one I had in here? Um, oh, I can't remember now. Mm. Wasn't with Falam. Wasn't wasn't with with Redden. Anyway. Oh, it was, it was, a uh, uh, it was that, oh, I know. Don't underestimate the average man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's such a good I line. I really like that for this chapter mm-hmm. or rather this interlude. Those are my highlights for the, what, what, what about you? Um, I have, I know I'm supposed to only have one, but in uh, typical Sean fashion, I'm going to have a couple of them. Um, I love, did I ever tell you, Adro, what I asked for? Capacity, mm-hmm. capacity mm-hmm. to stop what was coming capacity to save humankind so all of this is altruistic he's trying to save humankind yeah (sighs) i can't even believe it it's just so crazy it's the greater good card that he's playing with regards to what he's doing yeah so the other uh, thing the other uh, highlight that i have here is that we get 
um, the names of these two, uh, I don't know what they are, forces of nature. One is, mm-hmm. is named an, ev- an ancient evil spren. These names, Nergaul and yes. um, Moloch. Yeah, so yeah. we've he- never heard anything like this before. This is really, really interesting. <clears throat> no. um, but the actual highlight that I wrote down on my notes is he wasn't smart enough to understand, but he would have to trust that his smarter self was able to make sense of his even smarter self's writings. Right. So the average man has to be confident that a a smarter version of himself in the future will make sense of the smartest of himself's writings. Right. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy? It's yeah. it's like it's like three different people. You know what I mean? He's talking about like almost three different Teravangians. It's it, but it's it also I think speaks to what the average man needs to rely on too. Mm-hmm. That you know you, you you're reliant on others to I guess help you out yeah. in your society. Let's say. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a larger intelligence than yours is going to, let's say, figure out medicine for you because you're, well, you're the average man. You're not going to be the surgeon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you're, so you're going to have to rely on the surgeon to help you out because you're not going to be able to do all of that. Right. In addition to what you're already doing being the average man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's interesting. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's so interesting. But yeah, the, 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 the diagram hands down for me is just, it's huge. This is, I... I, I kind of want Teravangian in a way to, that there's going to be comeuppance for this character, mm-hmm. um, in a way, but in another way, I'm just, I'm really morbidly curious to see how far the diagram It's, it's a good go. way of putting it, I think, because he's so interesting, but also yeah. super evil, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, 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 well, it's, I do like how the diagram, he's a character that's squaring the circle. Mm-hmm. He's trying to do things that are morally reprehensible. And squaring the circle in that he's saying, well, look, it's for the greater good. Right, the capacity to save humankind. Right, which I, I do I've like, never been a fan I of. I do like the, di- the diagram is not just a book, but it's also their organization. They're part of the diagram. Like all these people around mm-hmm. him, everyone that's part of it and that's helping is part of the diagram. Like it's a secret society. Mm-hmm. I just fucking love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, it is cool. But yeah, let's move on to the info dump. Uh, big up to uh, yes. Buzzkill Joe again this week for helping us with research. Um, mm-hmm. We have quite a lot to talk about here. Um, it is a juicy chapter. We're not going to take too long on it, though, because we, uh, you know, we have lives and we want to get back to those lives. And I'm sure you want to start reading part five. I do. And what I really want to know is... Are what you going to go my way? No. Um, <laughs> what I really want to know is... <laughs> what I really want... I had to slip in a little any Kravitz. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm curious as to what, how many chapters are we doing? One or two? We're doing two. We're doing two. But, okay. okay. Um, well, we can, we can uh, yeah, yeah. do this after the end. So, uh, Teravangian's nickname from Adrutagia is Vargo, which is really cute. I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or earlier in the uh, episode, you asked about uh, Faberson's conundrum and yeah. uh, this math equation that's hard to, 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 to solve and that he actually yeah. solved it, not as it had his most smart, but he actually solved it <clears throat> when he was smarter yeah. than he was the average man. And you were like, right. what's that test that Captain Kirk has in to Star do? Trek, yeah. And it's the Kobayashi Maru. That's it. Right. So yeah. a little fact check in our info dump here. Yeah. Um, there, there you go. Yeah. So, um, the, um, yeah, so we, uh, um, the buzzkill, uh, mentions, uh, Nura Goul and Moloch. Um, I yes. can't really talk more about them than what we already have okay. because, um, these 
entities, these forces of nature will be expanded mm. upon as we continue these books. So unfortunately ah, that's as much as okay. you get right now. Um, okay. yeah. So, um, Polly is mentioned. It's like, uh, uh, the, the, the quote is Polly's mind. And this is another name of a herald being invoked by a character. And we know so far through mm-hmm. the series that certain characters love certain names or certain heralds that they use. Teft right. loves Kalek. Uh, Shalon yep. uses Ash. And we've noticed that Navani uses Chanarak or Chana. Remember, Chana, Chana yeah. knows that you don't want to get in the, yeah, uh, in the way knows, of her yeah. and her brood kind of thing. So Chana right. Rock is her um, herald that she invokes either in a, a curse or in a, lo- a like a loving manner. So Polly's mind is another reference to another um, another herald here, which is really awesome. Okay. Um, what do we have here? We have his uh, inner circle, which is Azrotazia, um, uh, Mabin, Moral. We, we've already kind of talked about them. Um mm-hmm. So the, uh, the night watcher was kind of in this here too. And we know that she gives a a, a boon and a curse, but we didn't really get any new information about the night watcher. So she, um, has still remained a mystery, which is kind of still awesome. I I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. we did learn a little bit more about honor blades today. We learned that an honor blade can mimic surges. Yes. Because that's the reasoning that Zeth has been fed as to why Kaladin was able to do the things he could do in their fight. Not because he's a surge binder, but because he's wielding an honor blade, even though he never used an honor blade. (laughs) It must be the reason. Right. Right. Um, Right. So yeah, really, really awesome. Can't wait to, to, for you to learn more about that. Um, Me too. Yeah. Me (laughs) three. Um, yeah, so uh, 80s War was an event. Yes, an, the 80s War. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. an ongoing war between Imul and Takar that started six years ago. Both countries share a common border, and they are located in central Roshar, south of Azir. Azir being the um, the uh, uh, the nation that Lyft was in whenever she broke into the, uh, the Bronze Palace. Right. Yeah, so... Um, that's it. That's our, uh, that's our info dump. That's Thank you dump. so much again, Joe, nice. for all the hard work you do. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And my wife appreciates it because I get to spend more time with her and the kids. So thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> if, uh, so that's the episode, everybody. If you want to join the Patreon team, you can do so at patreon.com slash heroes of. Um, it is never too late to join in the fun. Uh, we have bonus episodes. You get early access every Sunday before, uh, before the episode actually comes out. So you can like, you know, gloat to all your other storm pod friends oh i got it three days early um you can uh join the discord server where there's all kinds of fun things going on there lots of great discussions in order to be able to honor all those people i'm going to read a freaking long list here of names and (laughs) we actually have a few new ones since the last time we recorded so i'd like to say thank you to uh uh, sarah and c car and tom gonzalez mark pinto jordo maria varum lawrence bradley Cody Logan, Jonathan Whittington, Tommy Turpin, Itzizer, Julia Peeble, Justin Elliott, Laura, Kevin Friday, Riley Donlin, Chris Wally, Omni Orcus, Alec Guerin, James Johnson, Andrew Wood, Woods, <laughs> James M, Valkov Marin, Chelsea Walker, James Pryor, Chad Kirkman. See what I did there? I didn't say Chadge this time. Huh? 
Huh? I've been practicing. <laughs> Christopher Bagley, Megan Lloyd, Richard Featherson, Ilya Serden, Daniel Lee, Elvira, Denver Rose, David Clamage, Andrew S., Pac-Man in Idaho, Jason Stock, Ashlyn Lee, Anna P., Joseph Bruno, Pat Bevins, Thomas Kovar, Matthew Eaton, Cosette, James Reed, Steph Baum, Alex Trant, Joey Willen, Christopher Jack, Ratman, Brandon Comer, Jasper, Sakosi, Silver Lumos, Joshua, Nisala, Ryan, Josh, Alexander, Janzi, Zach Helton, Wick, Joseph Mingoya, Alex Dufour, Daniel Wyden, Werewolf Will, I think it's actually Daniel Widden, Werewolf Will, John M., Jake DeFeo, Robert Goebel, My Mom Sue, Ari Zoo, Bruce Rogers, Joel Hayes, Don Chalice, Mr. Murasami, Christian Papi, no, 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 your wife Linda, and our best friend Mike. So thank you very much for being part of the Patreon team. If you're interested in having your name read out while I sweat buckets, hoping not to mess it up, go to patreon.com slash heroes of and be part of the team. Um, if you want to reach out to us and uh, talk to us, you can do so at heroes of at gmail.com. You could always hit us up on Twitter at heroes of one. The best place to find us though is at the storm pod on Instagram, which is where I'm always lurking to find a, a new fan art. I just love my, my fan art days. And, um, yeah, if you want to check out the Reddit, the we're on Reddit too, uh, the, the, uh, storm pod subreddit. So everyone, thank you very much. We really appreciate you listening to this show. We really appreciate everything that you do. We love you very much till next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra.